Hi, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em. And we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. Let me see if I can say this. Do you think you can haul a deck with Files of Holly? It will make sense to them. <laughs> that is the point? <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Making sense is definitely the point. Today, we'll be discussing Beard in Mind by Penny Reed. Bo has a vision of his future, and that vision does not include Shelly, the infuriating, rude mechanic his brothers hired to ensure their family business doesn't turn into a parking lot. As he grapples with the complexity of Shelly's prickly exterior, he realizes that there is more to the woman than he first assumed. And when a family secret comes to light, will Mr. Fix-It Bo allow Shelly to provide him with the emotional support that he didn't even realize he needed? There will be spoilers beyond this point. We have a content warning. OCD is a major theme and mentions of self-harm. So with OCD being a major theme, do you feel like we should either describe or define or something? Something along that line? Yes. According to the book. Yes. (laughs) Which is all the research I did. OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder which is defined by one having an obsession that is irrational and difficult to control. And as a way of mitigating the obsession, there is the compulsion that is some sort of action that the person takes. So for example, in the book, Shelley has an obsession that if she touches somebody, if she initiates touching somebody, then she will hurt that person. And the compulsion is uh, cutting. So in order to make sure that the hurting of the person doesn't happen, that she accidentally touched or whatever, she will do the self-harm to handle that. And then obviously our main character, Shelly, is the person with OCD in the story. Mm -hmm. It's something that she deals with throughout the story and it's made clear that this is something that she will be dealing with her entire life and she's actively working on developing techniques in order to make it easier to ignore the obsessions I think more so than get rid of them yes and then the resulting compulsions obviously yeah it's it's to improve her quality of life so she goes to therapy between her and her therapist, they develop strategies so that the OCD does not become something that prevents her from living her best life. Yes, and a full life. Exactly. Um, I, I didn't think we'd start here, but for Shelly... Sorry, I just thought it was important to bring up. No, no, it is. But, but for Shelly, she has a younger brother, Quinn, who is actually the hero in a related series by Penny Reed in one of the books. Quinn is married and has just had his first child and Shelley is unable to go visit them out of fear of touching the child and causing some sort of harm to come to the child. And she realizes that this is irrational, but it's still a major factor for her and it it makes life less fulfilling because family's important to her. Mm -hmm. 
and yet she's unable to participate at the level she would like to due to the OCD. Yes. At least at the start of the book, because of her feelings that she associates with her OCD, she also doesn't tell her family that this is why, to the degree that it impedes her reaching out to them and telling them things and why it's caused her to to behave certain ways. As far as I know, her entire family isn't aware of her diagnosis. Quinn knows she has issues, but does not realize the extent. Yes, and I don't think he realizes how much control she does or doesn't have over her behaviors. Yes. Her control becomes better over the course of the story. And it's clear that her control has improved dramatically prior to the start of the story. Because at the beginning of the story, she's been in therapy for about a year. Yeah. And actively working on it. There's no days off. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yay, mental illness. (laughs) Woohoo. I guess I'd also like to bring up at this point, since we're talking about it, that Penny Reed had an author's note at the end of the book where she mentions that she also has OCD. She wanted to write about a character where that is part of who they are, but make it clear that that's not their only defining characteristic. Yes. And so I really appreciated that one, that she did the, the work to write such a well-rounded, awesome character because Shelly, I mean, spoilers for the end of our podcast, but I rate (laughs) Shelly awesome, but also that she's willing to talk about granted briefly her own journey. Yeah. And I appreciated that she also reached out to others who have, OCD as well and get their perspective. Yes. And and she made it clear too, that she's not trying to write about what OCD is overall, just take a character and write about their particular experience with it. Yes. Which I think is the right way to do a character. Yes. (laughs) So yay. (laughs) And to be fair, I mean, Penny, Penny Reed has a lot of complex characters with different brains. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In many of her books. So I, I really appreciated her ability to write about such diverse things. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I I like her writing. The stories that she tells. Yeah. So, you've heard a little bit about Shelley. I'm going to talk a little bit about Bo now. Okie dokie. Bo is Bo Winston, hence the series name, The Winston Brothers. Buford. This is book... <laughs> <laughs> this is (laughs) i'm a child this is book four in the series one of the things i really appreciated about this book is that the series is very much connected but the book can stand on its own i think that it is broadened and improved by reading the other books for sure now granted i've read the whole series but it was a while ago So I didn't feel like reading this book again on its own that I was really missing a lot. Did you feel that way? I didn't feel like I was missing the other books. You're right that it can be read on its own. But I do feel like now I want to read the other books. (laughs) Well, (laughs) which I wanted to do. There you go. (laughs) Any read. Um, So I wanted to do that anyway. But yeah, this it just felt like I was getting lots of tastes of other things. I'm like, but but now I want the others. Yes. Now, now I want to know all the things. I feel like I only know 
some of the things. Yeah, and the interesting thing about Penny Reed and this series is that she's got the stories kind of overlapping from different books. Yes, that's what it seemed like, which made things a little confusing because I was like, wait, I think, doesn't that character go for that character in that other book? Because I previewed them because, like I said, I wanted to read them. There's this side plot where uh, Cletus, one of the brothers, is infatuated with this other woman that's in the following book in the series is that story. But we also see Bo's perspective of it in this story. So I, I, I don't know. I really appreciate that writing style from Penny Reed. I feel like it makes the world feel more realistic because it, it's not like everyone else's life stands still while these people do their thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they also have their lives. Yeah, they have their lives going on at the same time. So Bo is, I think he's 25. He's a twin. His twin brother, Dwayne, is the hero from a prior book. And in the prior book, Dwayne got together with Jess. And they made the decision that they will be traveling the world together. That was something Jess really wanted to do. During the course of this story... Bo is dealing with the fact that his twin will be leaving soon and he will not have that constant source of support that he's always had from his twin. He comes from a large family, I think seven siblings. That's a lot. <laughs> Mostly boys, one girl. Yes. And they're very close, but obviously there's a special closeness with the twin. And not only Dwayne leaving, but also he's got other members in his family finding love and settling down, having kids, getting married, and he's starting to feel left behind. Hmm, poor buddy. And he wants that too. And not only does he want that too, but he kind of wants it now because <laughs> he has this sense of urgency Due to his twin leaving him. Doesn't he already have somebody picked out? Yeah, he does. He's been seeing this woman named Darlene, who is a little bit older than him. He kind of goes for the older ladies. That's another thing about Penny Reed I've noticed. She often will have a hero at least several years younger than the heroine. Yeah, I think I've noticed that too. But Darlene is, I think, in medical school. Yes. Which is one of the things that really attracts Bo to her. He wants someone who is serious and smart. Someone that he could see as compatible to settling down. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's kind of sad because he doesn't really, even at the beginning of the story, he doesn't really seem to care about Darlene that much. It's more like he wants a serious relationship and he wants it with a serious person, and he's decided that Darlene is it. Yeah, unfortunately, people will do that. They don't want the person, they want the idea. Yeah, and Darlene, I don't know that she is really a serious person. She's not serious about him. <laughs> no, she's not. she's not been willing to give him a commitment. He wants a girlfriend. He wants to be someone's priority. He wants to be moving forward toward building a life together in a relationship with somebody. And she's yet to agree to any of those things. 
To be slightly fair to Darlene, although maybe I don't feel like I want to. <laughs> where she is in life is not where he's in, is in his life. That came out really articulately. I think that's a good point. But at the same time... <laughs> as clumsily as I made it. It made sense. I, I think, though, at the same time that Bo has made it pretty clear to her, hey, I'd like us to be exclusive, etc., etc., and she's kind of stringing him along. Yeah, but that's sort of what I mean. Like, he's in a mature place. She's not in that place yet. And to be fair, medical school, but she's still in that sort of not yet. She's not on the relationship train. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's career minded. She's career trained. Yeah, that, that's a better fine. way to put it. I mean, I'm <laughs> okay. No, that's and I'm fine with that. I just feel it. And I guess maybe you're trying to say this obliquely or something, but. If Bo says, I'd like to be exclusive, and she doesn't want to be exclusive, she could just say, sorry, dude, that's not for me, and let him off the hook. But instead, she's stringing him along. Oh, yeah. She's not kind. That was my issue yeah, with Yeah, completely she's not kind. Not honest with her intentions. She does not value Bo for what Bo brings. She doesn't value his intelligence or anything. His loyalty, his kindness. Because he is. He's very kind. Yeah, no, because she's, she's all about the lay. Which is funny because she's not getting that from Bo either. Yes. Bo hasn't had sex since high school. Yep. He wants it to mean He something. wants it to be with someone serious. Yeah. And on some level, he must know Darlene isn't serious. Well, he doesn't want to have sex with her until he gets the exclusivity, I think. Yes. The ring Fair on enough. it, so to speak. He wants that box checked. But... He's also, I think, a little insecure. Yeah. He does his best to hide it, but in high school, he had a girlfriend who had a pregnancy scare. He offered to marry her, even though he wasn't in love with her, but he wanted to do the right thing, quote unquote. The girl was like, no, I don't want to marry you. It doesn't matter. Even if I have this baby, I don't want to be married to you. Thank you. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, which really... Fucked him up, I think. He felt mm -hmm. like he wasn't good enough for this girl, even under dire circumstances. <laughs> granted, there there was no baby, so it didn't... Luckily, he doesn't have a little Bo Jr. running around with a baby mama that doesn't think he's good enough. He could break ties with this person cleanly. Yes. Anyway, so Bo is also complicated. Bo's been visiting Darlene out of town he's just made it back to town and he's heading to his work he is a part owner of the winston brothers auto shop that he owns with his twin and his brother cletus he has a best friend named hank who is really wealthy and is constantly trying to spend money on him and hank has told him that he got him a gift Bo assumes it's a stripper because apparently that happened before <laughs> Bo has a bit of a reputation for being a player, which is kind of funny because he really, he's flirtatious. And I think he dates. At any rate, he gets to work, he's waiting to find this stripper, and he sees this very attractive woman wearing coveralls, like one does at an auto shop, mm -hmm. and assumes she is the stripper. Oops. He does not want to be the strippy 
And he has this whole kind of speech planned. I'm sure you're great and all at what you do, but I really don't have time for this right now. I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> this is my serious face. <laughs> I'm putting all that behind me. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> this is not a stripper. This is Shelly, the new hire. Awkward. That Cletus hired to essentially replace Dwayne, since Dwayne will be leaving soon. And Shelly... <laughs> I love this scene. scene. <laughs> she is great. So mean. She is just an <laughs> ice cold. Oh, so, so mean. And she's like, oh, you must be Bo. Because you're not Dwayne. Because your face is a little asymmetrical. Or something. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, I didn't think of her as being mean. So much as just observant and frank. But I was like, oh, yes, that's probably going to hurt his feelings. <laughs> yeah, I, there, there's a different way you could have said that, Shelly. That's all I'm yes. going to say. No, I, I agree. No, she says some other things, too. Like, she calls him an idiot. Oh, so right. There's, ah. There is definite meanness there. Yeah, that's not kind. Bo is like, oh, wow, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> Ow, my soul is wounded. <laughs> <laughs> but when he talks to Cletus about it, Cletus is like, I don't know what your problem is. You do have a asymmetrical <laughs> face and you kind of are an idiot. So... <laughs> No support. <laughs> no. <laughs> Later, Bo is commiserating with Hank and Dwayne at their regular bar. A couple days have gone by and he's tried making friends with Shelly, but she's always mean to him. Like she just shuts him down hard. And he's not used to that behavior because he's the nice twin. He gets along with everyone. Dwayne is the grumpy twin. It's Dwayne's fault. <laughs> But he just can't seem to smooth things over with Shelly or be friendly with her or anything like that. And it's especially aggravating because she's just so blindingly hot, too. It's hard for him to think straight around her, I think, because he's so attracted to her. But he doesn't necessarily like her at this point. She has another flaw, which is that she's rude to the customers. As you know, we live in a society and there are rules in the U.S., for example, in most places, at least pre-pandemic, there was shaking hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Shelly doesn't shake hands. <laughs> she just doesn't. But in Tennessee, that's a major faux pas. <laughs> she also has no patience for men hitting on her at all. She will just shoot to kill with her words. She also is very frank, as you said, to a fault almost, where she will just be very blunt and honest, mm -hmm. but not necessarily tactful. And it's kind of been causing a little bit of trouble at the shop because Bo finds himself needing to intercede in the name of customer service. One day at work, Drill, that's a name, by the way, Drill, one of the members of the Iron Wraiths, which is a biker gang, comes to the shop. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the Iron Wraiths. Okie dokie. We don't get a whole lot of backstory in this book, but essentially the father of the Winstons is named Daryl. He is, I believe, the second in command 
of this biker gang. And he is a complete asshole. He's a horrible person. Mm-hmm. He's currently in jail due to events that happened in prior books. But the Iron Wraiths have been a constant thorn in the sides of the Winstons over the course of the series. They are, I guess, the overarching baddie for the books. Drill is one of the less gang-like ones, I guess. He still seems to have some shred of humanity and he's not too bad. He's one of the nicer ones. (laughs) I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Or at least he presents himself as one of the nicer ones. He might be the carrot to someone else's stick. Uh, He's kind of the ambassador (laughs) between the Iron Wraiths and the Winston brothers. There you go. That's a good way to put it. But he comes to the shop and he sees Shelly and he thinks Shelly's hot. And of course, he has to let her know in probably not the most politically correct way, for being honest. Bo walks in on this where Shelly is ripping Drill a new one verbally. And Drill is getting angry and Bo intercedes and he intercedes on Shelly's behalf, not Drill's, which I did appreciate. He was very aware, I think, over the course of the whole story that just because you're a hot woman doesn't mean that other people now own you and can comment on you and paw you and catcall you. And <laughs> She's a person, not an object, guys. Come on. What? Yeah, so he intercedes, tells Shelly she can go off, take a break or whatever, and then he talks to Drill, calms him down. I don't think he really gives Drill much of a talking to as as to like, hey, don't talk to my coworkers this way or whatever, or my, my employees this way, really. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of playing it safe, I think, because Drill is a biker gang member. You know, he's not necessarily the most law-abiding person. Drill is able to then tell Bo that he has come by to issue a summons from Christine, who is the old lady of the gang leader, (laughs) whose name is Razor, by the way. (laughs) Now, old lady in motorcycle club land, as far as I can tell, is essentially that person's woman. They're not necessarily married. They're not necessarily dating, but... There's like almost like an ownership sort of aspect to it. Yeah. In a way. Seems like it. Granted, this knowledge comes from this series and other motorcycle club romances I have read. So take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) But this can also lead to things like sharing your woman sexually. Mm. Or if you go to jail... You may give your woman to someone else to take care of her while you're gone. Or, (laughs) you know, any other fun objectification-y sort of things. Super great. Love that. I guess as long as there's consent, it's cool. But I don't get the impression that there is because of the ownership thing. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, I mean, Christine seems totally cool with it. Like, she's happy with the way things are, supposedly. We're not in her head. But I kind of wonder how much of a choice she really has, too. Is she just happy with it because this is how she understands how the world works? 
Or is she happy with it because she actively chooses this lifestyle? Especially how long has she been a part of that group? Because once you're established in something so long, it can be difficult to walk away. Yeah. And not only that, but if you're the child of people who are part of that lifestyle, then you're going to be part of that lifestyle potentially, unless you manage to leave the area, usually. That's the normal. And even then... You're going to keep getting drawn in, kind of like what the Winston brothers have been dealing with due to their father. They pull me back in. They're trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Drill tells Bo, Christine wants to see you. Bo is like, um, I'll think about it. Drill's like, well, you have two weeks to think about it until she's not going to give you a choice anymore. <laughs> I guess one of the things about being the leader's old lady is that you have like some sort of power of your own which may be nice maybe uh later Bo has a talk with Cletus again about Shelly's rudeness it doesn't go well (laughs) Cletus doesn't care Cletus isn't necessarily the most socially graceful person anyway so (laughs) I think he just doesn't he he has different standards and so Bo just kind of realizes okay well we're just gonna have to make sure Shelly doesn't deal with customers now we're finally in Shelly's head. Our first introduction to Shelly is during an appointment with her therapist, Dr. West. A lot of the Shelly perspective chapters are during these appointments, which I thought was an interesting part of the book. Mm-hmm. It was. We finally learn at this point that Shelly is dealing with OCD and she's moved to Tennessee to continue her therapy with Dr. West in person so that she can get to a place where she can actually visit her brother and meet her new baby nephew and feel safe doing so. And then we get back to Bo's head. He's at work. He's changing into his coveralls and Shelly comes in and she also changes into her coveralls. And this is where the sexual tension starts up. Oh, wow. She wears lacy underwear. Hmm. She oogles Bo back. Bo tries not to oogle. He's trying to be a gentleman. There is something that is interesting at this part of the story that I didn't pick up on the first time I read this book is that Bo is having a conversation with one of the customers. The customer is an older woman who's well familiar with his family. They're talking about his mother who has passed away. Bo says something. Oh, well, I wouldn't have been here if not for her. And the customer says, Oh, yeah, no, you certainly wouldn't have been the same. Oh, right. (laughs) Which I thought was very sneaky of the author. (laughs) Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, I did not pick up on that on the first go through, but I thought that was good. So we do get a hint at a big reveal that will be happening soon. Bo is having dinner with his family. It is the night of the anniversary of his mother's death. So while everyone is trying to be cheerful and everything, and they don't really mention it, but they all know. (laughs) Bo is feeling pretty somber. He's feeling kind of lonely. Yeah. I think he's dealing with the fact that everyone's moving on. He hasn't really locked down the Starlene thing. And not only that, he hasn't really been thinking about her a lot. He's really been thinking about Shelly. Hmm. Out with the old and in with the new. I know. So Bo's moping outside. 
and his sister Ashley comes out to talk to him, gets him to talk a bit about why he's pursuing Darlene. And it eventually comes out that really, he just likes her because she likes him. (laughs) It seemed like she liked me and (laughs) I want to have the type of relationship y'all are having. So I thought might as well pursue it with this person. I wonder if Darlene picked up on that. Maybe that is Darlene's problem. Maybe. But again, she could have said something. This is true. Stupid Darlene. Whatever. (laughs) I don't like Darlene. Which is funny because she's not really in this story hardly at all. No, but you can tell how her behavior affects Bo, and we like Bo. Yes, I viscerally dislike Darlene. Yeah, therefore, on Bo's behalf, screw you, Darlene. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) After this talk with Ashley, Bo is feeling a little bit more clear-headed about the whole Darlene thing, and he decides he's going to call things off with her. And he tries texting her to call him, and she just doesn't respond to any of his texts. So when he finally calls her, she thinks she's gonna do phone sex with him. And he's just like, yeah, no, I don't want that. I'm trying to break up with you, damn it. No means no. (laughs) It's very clear during this scene that Darlene was not seeing Bo as anything serious on her side. But she's really upset that he's breaking up with her. (laughs) Because it's rude. How dare he? (laughs) (laughs) he was her little boy toy (laughs) like that was the impression i got (laughs) yeah me too it was kind of a pride thing for her to be broken up with yeah i was sort of expecting there to be more repercussions for that and Bo sort of expected it too but nothing really came of that so once he breaks up with her okay bye darlene nice knowing you she was so far away i mean and she clearly gives so few fucks about him it's not totally surprising that she vanishes after that yeah but i think Bo thought about well she has friends in town and he runs into a couple of them but no one ever says anything to him about it maybe she wasn't telling everybody yeah she probably wasn't that's a good point (laughs) and if she's just using him for one thing which I mean, that's the thing is maybe maybe when she was younger, she had a crush on him. And so it felt satisfying to like, I don't know, do what she did. Who knows the ways of the Darlene? Not us. Nope. Penny Reed probably knows, but she's not telling us. Bo is in a bad mood the next day at work. He's still feeling kind of angsty about the whole situation. That and the Shelly thing. And not only that, but Shelly keeps wanting to, like, help him with things. Now that we know what's going on with her a little bit, it seems to me like she's making overtures of friendship or more to Bo. But she doesn't really know how to go about that. So instead, she's just like, this car that you're working on needs a part. I could make that part. Bo's like, leave me alone. (laughs) You're an idiot for not letting me make a part for you. (laughs) Bo, though, is not feeling his normal, cheerful, happy-go-lucky self. So he lashes out at her and he says something mean back to her. And then he's immediately sorry because he can see that he actually hurt her. I don't think he was expecting what he said to hurt her. No. I think he thought maybe she was ice cold all the way through. Yeah. But when it becomes clear that she's not, he immediately apologizes. 
he happens to notice that she has scars on her arm that look suspiciously like self-harm or scars from self-harm, which now gives him something to fixate on that's not her prickly exterior. He's now (laughs) thinking, oh, she has a secret soft underbelly. I must investigate. (laughs) One of Bo's things is that he's helpful to a fault almost. Yeah. Not that you could be, well, I guess you could be overly helpful, but not that he oversteps necessarily with his helpfulness, but more like he would rather help others as a way to avoid working on himself. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the self-harm fixation that he gets at this point has a lot more to do with him feeling shitty and not wanting to worry about why he feels shitty than worry for her. I mean, he is worried for her, but he's also kind of using it, you know? Yeah. We go to another appointment with Dr. West and Shelly. At this appointment, they talk about Bo. Shelly is concerned that she's having irrational thoughts about Bo because she's constantly thinking about Bo. But Dr. West reassures her that no, those are normal thoughts when you like someone. (laughs) Maybe you should ask him out. Shelly's like, oh, that's interesting. Meanwhile, Bo has been researching self-harm. He's gone down this whole rabbit hole with it. And he's also been obsessing over why Christine would want to meet with him. Why just him? Why not his twin too? Why all this subterfuge? And he's feeling pretty put out about the whole thing because normally he would talk to Dwayne about it. But since Dwayne is leaving soon, Bo has been pulling away from him. (laughs) Essentially breaking up with him before he leaves, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. It hurts emotionally, so he's taking away the emotion. Bye-bye, emotion. And at this point in the story, Bo is told by Cletus that Cletus has romantic intentions for Shelly, <laughs> which causes a lot of jealousy for Bo. At this, Bo is into Shelly. He's super into her at this point. He's not fully admitted it to himself, but this thing with Cletus makes him realize, actually, no, I kind of am into her. But Cletus called dibs, so bro code, I can't make a move now. That, I think, is something that I found really infuriating. That was part of the story I did not appreciate. I can see why the author did that, because Bo really needed a reason to finally confront, oh yeah, no, I'm actually into her. Uh-huh. Jealousy is a good motivator for that. I get it. But at the same time, she's a human being with thoughts and feelings. You can't just call dibs and expect her to go with the person who called dibs. Yeah. She's going to like who she likes. Agreed. While Bo is very good at the non-objectifying throughout the whole entire book, there is this one point where he kind of struggles, I think, a bit with the whole thing. And I'm not sure exactly how to talk about it, except that it did bother me. I think for him, it comes out of loyalty to his brother. He doesn't want to step on his brother's toes. But the underlying message of that whole thing is, but she can't think for herself. At least that's what I get out of it. Did you have other thoughts? It does seem a little bit like, no, she can't think for herself. Later, I'm skipping ahead a little bit just to talk about this this particular thing. But later, Shelly puts the moves on Bo a little bit. Mm -hmm. Bo says it wouldn't be appropriate, and he cites the fact that they work together and he's essentially her boss. Uh-huh. 
And she accepts that at the, at the moment, but then later he wants to talk to her about it. And he says, well, actually part of the reason I said no was because Cletus has romantic intentions toward you. And she's just like, oh, okay, (laughs) thanks, I guess. And she just doesn't seem to know what to do with that. And it makes sense for her not to because she's Shelly and she has how she thinks. Yeah. Which the authors made very clear. So it makes a lot of sense the way she acted. But I was like putting myself in her shoes a little bit. And I'm just like, okay, thanks, dude. Like, I give a shit about your brother. Like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. (laughs) It kind of made me mad. Well, yeah, but I mean, isn't that in that moment, he's trying to figure it out, right? I think so. So he's waiting to reveal so he can get a reaction out of her. No, I think at that point, he tries to tell her that he wants to be friends. Mm. And she's like, I don't want to be friends. I want to, you know, be other things. And he's like, well, my brother's into you, so no. (laughs) And it's just felt really ew to me, like really patronizing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I see that. I don't think that was really the author's intention, especially with the way Bo is written throughout the whole rest of the book. Yeah. It really didn't sit well with me, I guess. It felt icky. And I guess I was just mad on Shelly's behalf. I wish Shelly was more mad about it. I wish she ripped him a new one over it. Oh, thanks for telling me who I can date. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, she, because of the way she thinks about it, the story doesn't give a vehicle for that. No. But it just, it, it bothered me. I I would hate to have some guy tell me that. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to date him anymore either. But it's like, oh, that's nice. You took yourself out of the the pool for your brother who I have no interest in. Appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I get the whole idea of bro code or girl code even. We want to be loyal to our friends. We want to be loyal to our family. We don't want to fight over potential romantic interests if we don't have to type of thing. I I get it. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely doing the whole mate guarding thing. It's just there are aspects of that that just feel icky. Well, and then there's the whole thing too where Bo is just so caught up in himself that he can't have a conversation with Cletus like actually I'm into her are you sure you're into her because I'm truly into her and she propositioned me and I would like to take her up on that yeah I guess that's not the type of communication that most people have I don't know I I don't know (laughs) I'm swirling in a big circle I'm in a whirlpool of thoughts well not every character is very direct you know, I want this. I don't want this. Are you okay if I do this? Not okay if I do this. Right. I guess that lends to the humanity of the characters, right? Yes. <laughs> They're not automatons. But I would like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just wouldn't like that aspect of the story at all. Maybe that would have been fine. Maybe he could have been made jealous by someone else. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> now, It does bring up some funny scenes. There are some very funny scenes regarding the jealousy because he wants to make Cletus feel jealous in turn once he finds out who Cletus is into. Like actually into, not Shelly. We don't really get a good answer, but it also seems like maybe Cletus said that to make Bo do something. Yeah. Because Cletus is kind of a meddler. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, so I haven't read his book, so I don't know, but you get the impression that he is kind of crafty. Cletus is kind of like an evil genius. So it kind of made me wonder, like, I'm like, is he super aware? 
and he's pushing and manipulating his brother. Or there's other things that he does where I'm like, he's super not aware. At least not in that social context. So now I don't know. I suspect that he knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I leaned in on the side that he knows. And I guess I preferred that to the alternative. So that's why I went with it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let's dial it back a little bit. So Bo has learned that Cletus is supposedly into Shelly. And he's decided, oh, crap, that means I can't go for her. Now he's at the bar with Dwayne. They're waiting on Hank to show up. And Bo talks to Dwayne about Shelly because he wants to know if anyone else has noticed the scarring that Shelly has. Dwayne hasn't noticed. He doesn't think anyone else has noticed. Dwayne is kind of a prickly character. He's definitely a grumpy hero, if you like that. He's in one of the prior books. Bo kind of in his head compares Shelly to Dwayne and realizes that she kind of reminds him of Dwayne, <laughs> her prickliness. Now that he's realized that she has layers, she's like a hedgehog with the soft underbelly. He's realized, oh, she's a lovable grump like Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne points out that he's noticed that Bo has been pulling back from him and he wants to make sure Bo will stop leaving him out. Toward the end of this conversation, Jess, Dwayne's girlfriend, and Hank show up and things are great. And then Shelly comes into the bar. Basically, time stops and everyone thinks she's hot. Yeah. She's dressed in a way that makes it apparent she's not wearing a bra, which apparently was really important for us to know. Well, I mean, we're in Bo's head, so. <laughs> True. In fact, it was important for Bo to know. Yeah, it seemed like we were often in his head. It seems like it's more told from his point of view. I agree. This is definitely a Bo story, not a Shelly story. Although there's a lot of stuff that happens with Shelly. Shelly is actively working on herself on her own. Mm -hmm. Yes. She really would continue to be doing that, I think, without Bo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bo, meanwhile, I think he needs a push. Mm. Name Shelly. <laughs> yeah. Shelly is the hotness. And Hank says something like, oh, well, she wouldn't dress like that if she doesn't want attention. And this was one of the parts of the book that I really liked because Bo comes to this realization that, you know, actually, she's going to get attention anywhere she goes because she's fucking tall and fucking beautiful. And it doesn't matter what she's wearing. And you're objectifying her. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that that was in the book because... She didn't dress that way for attention necessarily. She may have dressed that way for any number of reasons. Just because someone wants attention based on what they're wearing doesn't mean that it's still acceptable to say whatever pops into your head. Oh, that's the other thing too, right? Because if you are dressing for attention, that doesn't mean that you now have to accept all attention that you get. Exactly. Jess happens to recognize Shelly, which we learn later. She's a famous artist. Shelly is being mobbed at the bar by a lot of, I put in the notes, hopeful slash pushy guys. <laughs> Depending on <laughs> which side of the fence you're standing on, I guess. Hank wants to be introduced. Bo coaches Hank a bit. Don't touch her. Don't look at her. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because he knows Shelly pretty well, having worked with her. Yes. He knows all her buttons, so 
<laughs> if you don't want to be verbally eviscerated, don't do any of these things. <laughs> Bo introduces Hank to Shelly. She's surprised and grateful that Bo has noticed her idiosyncrasies and schooled Hank before introducing him. She got a taste of, oh, wow, it doesn't have to be painful to meet people. <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> Hank is kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to get drinks for the table. Bye. <laughs> Bo's ready to follow him. Okay, well, nice seeing you, Shelly. I'll see you later. And Shelly goes, oh, wait, can we talk for a minute? This other guy comes up and he's been flirting with Shelly or <laughs> flirting at Shelly, I guess. Yeah. Bo intercedes. He does the whole like, no, mine. <laughs> Me, big, strong man. <laughs> you fuck off. <laughs> the guy does fuck off. So, yay. And then Shelly says, oh, don't warn guys off of me. And Bo's like, what? Did you want him to be talking to you? She's all, well, no. But what about your girlfriend? And Bo says, oh, I don't have a girlfriend. Shelly's like, oh, well, in that case, do you want to have sex with me? I'd like to have sex with you. <laughs> and that's the point that we talked about where Bo said it wouldn't be appropriate. And then Shelly's just like, oh, and she leaves. <laughs> well, then my reason for being here is gone. So bye. Then the next day at work, Bo tells her, oh, no, sorry. You've been earmarked for Cletus. Uh <laughs> Shelly's like, well, I don't want to be just your friend. And Bo's like, well, what do you want? And then Shelly starts listing off a whole bunch of things that aggravate <laughs> her about Bo. Put this stuff away and do this thing. And by the way, you talk in mostly even worded sentences. That's another of her obsessions. I guess someone who talks in even numbered sentences makes her think that they are going to do something bad or that they're evil or something. Yeah, they mean physical violence. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, she knows. Bo is a great person. She knows he wouldn't do anything like that. But that's why it's irrational. So after this, Shelly avoids Bo for a few days. And then it seems again to me, now that we know her and we understand her better, that she's trying to mend fences with him or maybe even ask him out because he has this weird conversation with her about like, do you like to eat? <laughs> yes. Oh, me too. I like bread. Uh. Good for you. <laughs> I was like, same, Shelly, same. Me too. I also like bread. And now Shelly has stopped ignoring him, but she's snapping at him. And Bo has been weaponizing his politeness right back at her because he's realized that she hates that. So she's like, poke, poke, poke. And he's like, oh, so sorry, madam. And she's like, ah, poke, poke. Meanwhile, every night, Bo is having these sexy dreams about Shelly because he's super into her. He's also moping about, oh, she's off limits. Cletus has called dibs. His brother Billy catches him moping one night and starts talking to him, realizes that he's having lady troubles and casually mentions that Cletus is into someone else, not Shelly. Bo's like, oh, really? Well, then, that changes everything. We get this whole section where Bo is messing with Cletus by flirting with the woman Cletus is into to, I guess, confirm that Cletus is actually into this woman. And then he goes after Shelly, he finds her, and he kisses her, and it's awesome. And then they part, and they're staring at each other, and then Shelly runs away, 
gets in her car, starts to drive off, and then she backs back into the drive, comes back out of the car, <laughs> and's like, why did you kiss me? And Bo says, I wanted to. <laughs> She's like, what about Cletus, though? And he's like, oh, no, she, he's into someone else. Finally, 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 Shelly tells Bo she has OCD. She opens up to him. They get in the car and they go for a drive to go get some food. And in the car, Shelly is explaining what OCD means, how that affects her. Bo is asking questions and he seems, I guess, worried, which makes her feel kind of overwhelmed. Like, oh, shit, maybe I'm laying all this stuff down and it's too much and I shouldn't be doing this. And so she says she needs to call her therapist. So they pull over and Bo's sitting there going, okay, so this is the first date with Shelly. We're <laughs> going to sit in the car and she's going to talk to her therapist. It's good. Um, no, he's actually really kind about it. Yes. At one point, Dr. West asks Shelly to hand the phone over to Bo and she does. And then Dr. West asks Bo if he'd be willing to come to Shelly's next appointment, that there might be a way for him to help her with her therapy. Bo is like, well, yeah, helping people is my jam. Absolutely. <laughs> And then after the phone call ends, Shelly tells him that it's about touch therapy. And she talks about how she really struggles with initiating touch. This is a huge epiphany moment for Bo. A lot of pieces fall into place for him as far as why Shelly acts the way she acts. Oh, clarity. They decide to go out the next night for a date instead because Shelly is kind of still in this place and she needs to be alone to decompress so the next day at work is just wonderful there's so much flirting there's sexual tension Bo's thrilled he's super into her he's super happy he's allowed to be into her now and then Shelly's brother Quinn unexpectedly shows up and it's like Shelly completely forgets that Bo exists she completely forgets that there's a date and she leaves with Quinn which really fucks Bo up he is just pretty torn up about the whole thing i think it goes back to his insecurities about not being good enough for people yeah then we're at shelly's next appointment with dr west where she talks about quinn's visit and how she feels super awful about forgetting Bo and the date and how she plans to apologize and that visit ends with she and dr west agreeing that they still want to ask Bo to help with the touch therapy back with Bo, he's moping and drinking he gets bugged by Drill again. Hey, Christine wants a meeting with you. He gets bugged by Dwayne again. Hey, I can tell you're not sharing things with me that you normally would share. I can tell things are bothering you and that's bothering me because you're not telling me. <laughs> Open up, twin. <laughs> at work, Shelly apologizes to Bo. Bo at first tries to blow her off, but Shelly explains that she hasn't seen her brother in over two years. It just fucked with her mind seeing him right there. And it just, she makes Bo understand that this was not purposeful on her part, a purposeful snub. They agree, okay, we'll go out on a date after all. When they get on the date, it's really cute. Shelly orders for Bo and she apparently has memorized his order. <laughs> Bo decides that he really loves how honest Shelly is. And he has this internal thought about how all he has to do is be brave enough to ask and she'll tell him whatever he wants to know. And he just loves that. I fucking love that too. 
I want that too. (laughs) (laughs) Shelly opens up about her past and then Bo decides to open up to her too after she prods him a little bit about it. And this is super big for him. He does not like giving other people his problems. He's all about helping others, not letting other people help him. So while they're chit-chatting, learning about each other, Christine and some of the other bikers show up at the restaurant. This is unfortunate. Bo initially tries to tell Shelly, oh, go home. I'll deal with this. I don't want you to be part of this. Shelly doesn't want to leave him. Bo's like, well, I wish my brother were available because he's a really good driver and he could drive really fast so we could get away from them. Shelly's like, I could do that. I want to drive your car. I'm a really good driver. (laughs) Give me your keys. (laughs) They make a plan to escape the bikers where Shelly kind of sneaks out, gets in the car, gets ready, and Bo acts like he's going with them. But nope, hold on, I forgot my wallet. And then he hops in the car and they drive off. And Shelly is a really good getaway driver. She does a great job. Bo thinks it's very sexy. Shelly drives them all the way to the house that she's renting. And she has a garage or something that she can hide the car in. They go in her house and it's dark. And they're leaving the lights off because they're trying to be not obvious in case the bikers drive by. There's some making out. And then someone shows up at the door. But luckily, it's his brother and Jess. Hey! They heard about the bikers coming to get Dwayne at the restaurant and they've come to help slash yell at Bo for not reaching out. Dwayne's like, why have you been giving me the silent treatment? If they've been wanting to talk to you, why didn't you let me know? I don't understand. Stop pulling away from me, damn it. Bo fills everyone in on the biker thing, which at this point we don't know a whole lot. Just that Christine really, really wants to meet with Bo for some reason. To the point that she's willing to force it. (laughs) So I think it's the next day. Bo has plans to go fishing with Hank. But when he shows up, unfortunately, Hank has brought along Drill and Christine. (laughs) Bo finally has to have this talk with Christine. It turns out that she is Bo's real mother, which means she's also Dwayne's real mother. He goes home. He starts going through photo albums. He starts to realize, nope, this is probably true. (laughs) He kind of has a bit of an identity crisis because he fucking loves his mother, the one who raised him. And now he's worried, do I even have a right to call her my mother? Should I be telling Dwayne all this? I don't know what to do. His brother Billy sees him freaking out and is like, oh, yeah, no, I I know this. No one else does. But he's able to kind of answer some of Bo's questions a bit. There is a bright spot because Christine has a daughter named Claire who everyone in the Winston family likes. Maybe one of the members really, really likes her. Ooh. And Bo is pretty happy. Well, at least I have another sister. That part's good. But if I tell Claire that she's my sister, then I also have to tell Dwayne that Christine's our mother. (laughs) (laughs) Regret. Yeah, he's really mixed up about the whole thing. Should I tell him? I don't want him to have to deal with all this stuff, too. He should go on and live his life with Jess and all this. And I'll deal with the Christine thing on my own. But on the other hand, doesn't Dwayne deserve to know? (laughs) And not only that, but wouldn't Claire like to know she has brothers that aren't bikers? 
I don't know Claire yet, so I don't know. Maybe. I think Claire is an only child, or she thinks she is. I will take your word for that. And she has blown off the biker life completely. She is not part of the lifestyle whatsoever. Moving on. We're at therapy again. Bo is there along with Shelly and they do the touch therapy session. This is a really intense thing where Shelly is, I want to say made to touch Bo. I mean, she doesn't want to, but she wants to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Over and over and over again to kind of desensitize her to it. And it's under the watch of the therapist so that if anything goes wrong, there can be the proper intercessions. It's super hard and overwhelming for Shelly, but she pushes through. She does awesome. It's also really overwhelming for Bo, which they did warn him. They were like, yeah, this is going to be crazy. <laughs> After therapy, Bo takes Shelly back to her house and he wants to take care of her. He's got all this shit going on in his life and he'd rather just take care of Shelly. He cares about Shelly. He wants to make sure she's doing well. Shelly is kind of pissed off at Bo because she doesn't want that. You can't <laughs> fix me, dude. I'm going to fix myself. And unless you want to have sex, you can leave. Bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is where we get the metaphor about the refrigerator. So earlier in the book, Bo had noticed somebody needed a refrigerator and he ended up getting some other broken refrigerator for free and he fixed it and then delivered it to the person who needed it. And it was just this really nice thing that he did. But Shelly has picked up on the fact that Bo kind of does that all the time. And she doesn't want to be Bo's refrigerator that he fixes and then leaves after she's fixed or whatever. She wants to be his person. Mm -hmm. And she wants him to accept her for who she is. And she's never going to be quote unquote fixed with the OCD she's always going to have OCD so it just doesn't work as a result Shelly has kind of put back up her wall she's icy again and Bo is kind of back to worrying that he's never going to be enough for anyone he's like I just want to love you why won't you let me <laughs> love you let me take care of you Shelly's like yeah no take a breath that's not what I want <laughs> from you I like that she had boundaries yes I thought that was good me too I sort of pictured him in the moment kind of like being like a dog that wants to lick your face. You need to calm down. Yeah. And Shelly's just like leaning back, like looking away. No, don't. Stop. This might not happen <laughs> for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Boundaries, dude. Boundaries. <laughs> okay, we have another day at work. This time the bikers show up again. Christine is really pushing this mom thing super hard. Bo is kind of shell-shocked. He still hasn't dealt with the whole Christine thing. He's not sure what to think or do or anything. And Shelly is fucking amazing because she gets rid of them. And she <laughs> she's so badass. <laughs> oh, I love this scene. Christine leaves, but she's like, I'm not done with you yet, boy. You owe me. Mm. Bo stays the night at Shelly's house. And he tells her to him sex is a huge deal. And she's a huge deal to him. He doesn't want to be casual with her. And then they finally have the sex. It's amazing, of course. The next morning, he learns that she loves teacups, but doesn't have any because she doesn't want to break them. That's important for later. Shelly gives Bo the keys to her place. This is moving really fast. Yeah, that's very <laughs> trusting. In fact, 
At her next appointment with Dr. West, Dr. West is a little concerned too. Like, (laughs) are you sure it's okay? The speed you're moving at, Shelly? Like, I'm happy for you, but are you sure? (laughs) You're going through a lot right now. But they also talk a bit about the refrigerator thing. And Dr. West urges her to talk to Bo and let him know that she wants to be able to help him too. And she doesn't want to be his project. Which she does do, like, almost immediately. Like, she blows into work, I think, one day, and she's just like, why don't you do this? (laughs) Why won't you lean on me? Why won't you let me help you? He tells her he's in love with her, and she doesn't say it back, which really hurts. Again, he goes back to the, woe is me, I am never good enough. He leaves because he only wants her compassion if it comes with her love. So he doesn't feel like he can bear to open up to her unless she loves him back. We get a scene where Bo makes up with Hank and Hank brings up that Bo is always there to help him, but never seems to need him back. And he wants to be able to help Bo back. So we got a theme here. (laughs) Everyone in Bo's life is like, dude, let me help you too. (laughs) Oh, and Hank gives Bo a mansion, because he can. (laughs) Must be nice. Dude, I wish, yeah. Would you like a mansion? Here you go. It's not haunted or anything. Another day at work, Shelly tells Bo that she misses him, because they've kind of been avoiding each other. And Bo has gone through this whole mopey, drinky, poetry reading sort of phase. (laughs) And he's decided that... Him loving her is enough. As long as he can love her, it'll be okay. He goes to her house and they talk it out. They talk about the refrigerator thing. Bo wants to know if Shelly's planning to move back to Chicago. Shelly's like, no, I want to be wherever you are. I want to take care of you and be with you. And so even though she doesn't say she loves him at this point, Bo is super happy because he realizes he's a priority for her and that's really all he wants is to be someone's priority. As a result, he opens up more. He tells Shelly more about his past, more about the biker gang, some more about the asshole dad, and how he's worried about what Christine could possibly want. And he also tells her that he's decided he wants to tell Dwayne about Christine being their mom before Jethro's wedding. Jethro is another of the Winston brothers who was a hero in a prior book, and he's getting married in this book. Yay! Yay! But he wants to tell Dwayne before the wedding so that he and Dwayne can both tell Claire during the reception together. And then Shelly tells Bo she loves him too, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I wanted it to be special, but <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Quinn, his wife, Janie, and their baby show up for a surprise visit. This is really hard for Shelly. She's not used to being a hostess. She's working on doing normal person things. <laughs> Let me take your coat. Here are some snacks. <laughs> this is where the bathroom is in case you need it. <laughs> All important information. <laughs> Bo is still there. He's helping out. He really wants to help Shelly have a good visit with her brother and family without pushing her to do anything that she doesn't want to do or telling anything that isn't his to tell. Shelly admits to Quinn about this huge lie that she had told him that she's been super broken up about. 
Quinn is understandably pissed about said lie. It was a big one, but he says he will forgive her, but she will have to make it up to him, i.e. come to Thanksgiving and Christmas and be Desmond's godmother, etc., etc. And Shelly's just like, yes, yes, I'll do whatever you want. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Debase me. Yeah. It's really painful for Bo to watch. And not only that, but I think it's painful for Shelly too, because yeah. she feels like she can't be the baby's godmother because she can't even hold the baby yeah. <laughs> without worrying she's going to cause him harm due to her thoughts. But Bo luckily has discovered this touching workaround with Shelly. So she can't initiate the touch, but if he initiates the touch, then she can continue the touch, which has worked out well for them in the past. And so he has this thing where he takes the baby with permission and carries him over and encourages the baby to hold Shelly's finger, which means the baby initiated the touch, which means that now Shelly can hold the baby. Yay. It smooths things over between Quinn and Shelly because Quinn realizes, I think at this point that there's something more going on than he at first thought because Bo has gotten further with making an impact than he ever has, I think, as far as the touching goes. Of course, I think Quinn's method is just to brute force things. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't always work. <laughs> no. Sometimes you need some finesse. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there, w- there was this really cute line, too. So Janie is one of the characters from the related series, the Knitting in the City series that Penny Reed has written. She is known for spouting off these facts that are like seemingly unrelated or whatever. But one of the things she says is that the best fathers in the animal kingdom are the red foxes and Bo has red hair. So (laughs) I thought that was really sweet. That was nice of her. (laughs) When that came up in the book, I heard that song. What would the fox say? (laughs) (laughs) What would the fox say? (laughs) About parenting. Uh, (laughs) I haven't thought about that song in so long. Who has? Now it's in my head. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, so remember there's a wedding coming up and there's a wedding rehearsal now? Yes. Bo tells Dwayne about Christine after the rehearsal. Billy is there for moral support and also to help answer questions. Dwayne is understandably shook up by this news, but ultimately it all boils down to what the fuck does Christine want? And not only that, but Dwayne feels protective of Bo. He's like, I want to help you figure this out before I leave town. Let's set up a meeting with her. There's the wedding and then there's the wedding reception. Shelly and Quinn and Janie are all at the reception. There's this sweet scene where Bo is dancing with Shelly and Quinn cuts in because he wants to talk to his sister. And Bo does, again, the touchy touch work around where he make sure that the touch is initiated by Quinn so that then Shelly can touch him. It's really sweet. It is. And then Bo and Dwayne go and corner Claire and tell her that she's their sister. (laughs) And there's this moment where she's like, what? And she's really upset. Yes. And then she realizes, oh, no, no, I'm not related to all of you. Just you two. Okay, that's fine then. (laughs) Potentially very (laughs) awkward. (laughs) and a little incestuous yes we have a little uh foreshadowing for future books with that one okay Bo has arranged this meetup with christine 
So Bo and Dwayne meet up with her. They decide instead of doing good cop, bad cop, they're going to do bad cop, bad cop. <laughs> bad cop, worst cop. <laughs> now they do this pretty, like, straightforward interrogation with her, like, who else knows? And how do you know for sure that we are Daryl's kids and not Razor's kids? The reason she knows for sure that they're Daryl's kids is that Razor was in jail and Daryl was, quote, taking care of her, unquote, while mm. Razor was in jail. So that's nice. And not only that, but apparently Christine has had all these plans with Daryl that they're going to do something with the money that the Winston family has by virtue of their mother's side. And Daryl is like, no, I want my twins to be raised in that family too so they can get their fair share ew yeah and apparently daryl is up for parole and Bo needs to pay his debt to his dad might that be a punch in the face <laughs> uh and Bo says he's not going to help get his dad out of jail and he says something's uh kind of drawing from the shelly playbook of insults <laughs> Christine leaves, but you get the impression that things are probably not over with her. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but they are for this book. Yay. Woo-woo. Bo and Dwayne decide we should tell Cletus about all this so that he can handle it. Because Cletus is the evil genius of the family. <laughs> they end up telling all the family, all the stuff. So now they all know. Yep. Actually, our birth mother is Christine. None of their siblings care. Like, I mean, they care, but they don't feel any differently about them. Now it's time for Dwayne and Jess to leave for their adventures. So we have this really sad parting scene at the airport, but you get the impression that Bo is going to be okay. Even though he's sad, he has his person now, Shelly. He's learned it's okay to lean on other people when you need their help. Dwayne has helped him deal with this whole Christine issue. So he's kind of improved himself a bit and then there's this cute scene where shelly is packing to go visit her brother for thanksgiving and Bo finds out about her thankfulness journal this is a journal that her therapist has her write in every day three things that she's thankful for after she met Bo, he's consistently on the list it's very cute Aww. and then we get a really really cute epilogue at christmas time with all the teacups so Remember I brought up the whole thing about how Shelly likes teacups, but she's worried she'll break them. Bo orchestrates this whole plan where each of his siblings is going to gift Shelly a teacup. And then he has melted down the band of his Rolex, which Hank gave him, of course, into a little bar of gold. Well, I guess technically a kind of a big bar of gold and gifts her a book I'm not going to remember what it's called, but it's like the art of mending things. Like instead of mending things for it to be invisible, they mend it with gold to show that the cracks are beautiful. I'm Googling it right now. Yes, because the cracks are part of the history of the object. Kintsugi. Yes. It is the process of repairing ceramics traditionally with lacquer and gold, leaving a gold seam where the cracks were. And it's this really meaningful gift where it's basically like the things that make us flawed make us beautiful. Yes. The end. Woo woo. How's the audiobook? The audio 
book was good. It was narrated by Angela Daw and Chris Brinkley. I feel like both of them were really good, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Like, I feel like they weren't balanced. I don't know. Maybe it's because I have my whole bias thing about just preferring one narrator. Yeah, because like when one narrator was going, I'm like, this is good. But then it was just, it was weird to me when they switched. I was like, can't it just be one person? Do you find it jarring or something when people switch? Sometimes. Yeah. I think that's why just, just one. One's good. But I know that's a hard <laughs> thing to do in romance, especially if they switch like that, if the writer switches. Well, and I think a lot of listeners want to hear the other voice. Well, whichever voice. I don't care. Just make it one voice. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They want to hear whatever the other voice is. Yeah. I know. It just, but I don't want it to sound like they weren't good because they were. It was just, like I said, my whole like, oh, just one would be nice. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's just a me thing. Well, were you happy for them? I was happy for them. I'm glad they found each other. And that they were each other's puzzle pieces. They connected. Yeah, me too. So you were happy as well? Yes. I thought they were a really good fit. They complemented each other well and brought out good things. Yeah, and like I said, this is definitely more of a Bo story, and I really appreciated how strong Shelley was in her self-improvement journey. Yeah. Because if she hadn't been, <laughs> they would have both been a hot mess. I don't think it would have worked <laughs> as well. No. All right, let's rate them. How do you rate Shelley? I rated Shelley awesome. You know, I really appreciated how aware of herself she was good and bad like at one point Bo even says like I know she's gonna tell me the truth regardless of what that is yeah and when he asked things about her that were uncomfortable she did tell the truth about herself even the not so great parts even if she wasn't initially truthful she corrected herself he he came around to that way of thinking but yeah I appreciated that about her yeah I thought she was awesome what about you Oh, well, I spoiled at the beginning, but yes, I think she's totally awesome. <laughs> I love Shelly. I thought she was such an interesting character. I really appreciated the strength that she had to work on herself and her situation with having the OCD and everything. But also that was just one factor of who she is. Yes. Because she's also an amazingly talented artist and she's also a wonderful mechanic and she's also blaringly honest and she's also super loyal and she's a fast thinker and she's a great driver and she has just all these things about her that make her who she is she's not just a diagnosis and I really liked that I also really liked that she had super good boundaries with Bo where she didn't necessarily communicate in the most understandable way for him especially initially but she tried very hard to be clear about what she wanted, what she was thinking. And I also appreciated that, and we didn't touch on this a whole lot, but I also appreciated that she also was worried about not being good enough. Yeah. So even though she is so strong and on the self-improvement journey, growth journey or whatnot, she also is worried that her having OCD is too much. For her to be able to be with someone like Bo. Yeah. Or to be with someone at all. In spite of that, she perseveres and tries anyway. And I liked that. Yes, me too. How did you rate Bo? Bo is awesome. 
he has a journey where it's like, no, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything, everything is fine. I'm in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) He, he thought his world was one way and realized it was another. It was way more complicated than he realized, but I feel like he managed it well. Yeah. Yeah, He was compassionate. It's nice to see a hero that is kind and thoughtful and that kind of thing without being bossy. <laughs> and all of those irritating traits. What about you? What do you think of Bo? I rate Bo awesome also. I really appreciated his journey. Like you said, I found it relatable. Mm-hmm. The idea of, oh, I want to handle my stuff on my own, but I'm willing to give of myself to others. Yes. I think a lot of people get stuck in that way of thinking. It it can be hard to reach out and ask for help from someone else, even if it's someone who's begging you to let them help you. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that part of his story. I also really liked how self-aware he was, especially as it relates to how he thinks about women. I liked that there was kind of that whole, I don't know what you want to call it, like a theme of like let's not objectify beautiful people or anybody yeah <laughs> let's not objectify people please like that part of the story yes Bo is a vehicle for that which i appreciated i liked that he was willing to understand shelly he didn't ever see any of that as a flaw her touching thing yeah he didn't see that as a flaw he saw that as a thing that oh well we can work around it with this yes his fix-it brain took over Yeah, it doesn't matter if she ever gets over it. I mean, it would be great if she did, but if she doesn't, fine. Yeah. I I liked that. And just that, like him being able to see her as she truly is and not judge any of it and instead just want to help was really, really nice. It was really cool. And I think it was really good for Shelly. Yes, and accept. (laughs) Accept what may not change right yeah what about the antagonists slash villains my list it probably could be longer i put under the antagonists at least for shelly her ocd i think that's fair you know provides her with a challenge to getting what it is that she wants doesn't mean that she doesn't overcome that challenge and defeat her defeat it's not what i mean she she does grow and change and learn new tools to better handle it. Yes. But yeah, I don't mean to to imply that, yeah, she defeats it and she's all better now because that's not what I meant. But I also put Christine because bitch. And I do not mean bitch in the complimentary yeah. sense. No. And Daryl because asshole dad trope. <laughs> yep. Gotta have one. He is present even when he is gone. What about you and the antagonists? <laughs> I also put OCD as one of the antagonists, although I guess really we could just say Shelly because it's part of That's true. And then wouldn't that be like person versus self sort of thing in a way? That is true. I I don't know. I'm not sure what... That's so sticky to talk about, you know, because everyone thinks about their mental health differently. This is true. You and I have had conversations about that. And I think I think if I were Shelly, I would think it's me. Like, it's not a separate thing. Yeah, I think for Shelly, she does. Yeah. It's part of her. Um, but yeah, definitely like the OCD part of it, like learning to 
learning new skills and methods of handling it and undergoing different treatments like the touch therapy and whatnot to make it easier for her to do certain things. Um, I thought that was a really effective part of the story. Obviously it was a big part of the story. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was, that was good. I also put Christine. She was, I guess our obvious bad guy in the story. (laughs) This series has, this biker gang be you know this overarching bad influence throughout the series oh and so i think this was just christine doing her part to make the biker gang be the bad guy again how nice of her i know right i also agree with you about daryl asshole father i don't know he didn't seem super present in this book in particular i guess he's effective because it kind of affects how Bo thinks about family and how he thinks about his mom mm-hmm. and how he thinks about his birth mom and, and all that. So, yeah. And I guess Christine too, in a way, because it sends like learning that she's his birth mom sends Bo into this whole identity crisis. And he has to realize who he is again, kind of, or come to mm-hmm. grips with it or whatever. But I feel like in the case of both of them, it, didn't seem to matter as much as it could have. And maybe that's just because Bo was able to have that support system with his brother and Shelly and everything. But I think they could have been more effective. Like he could have had more of a crisis. Because he does, he does briefly, and I was wondering if anything would really come of it, but he does wonder, like, maybe Christine had no choice to pursue this path. Yeah. Maybe deep down, she is a mom that cares. Although he quickly quashes that idea, but yeah. He does, but I'm just saying like that might have been a way to do that. I kind of wonder if if we learned earlier that she was his mom, if that would have made a difference, because then he would have had something to bring up more of those feelings that he deals with throughout the whole story, you know, the loneliness and the not belonging and everyone's leaving me behind. And the people pleasing. Yeah. And the people pleasing and all that. I mean, maybe if he knew earlier, that would have impacted him more. Maybe. Yeah, I think even Shelly tells him at one point, basically, sometimes you have to cut people out. And so, yeah, I could see that as a pathway for them. Like he does, he makes the overtures, you know, maybe deep down she's good and, He's not putting together that, no, no, she is selfish. She doesn't actually care about you. And then, yeah. you know, he could be like, oh, yes, Shelly did say that sometimes enough is enough. Right. <laughs> or something. But different story, maybe. I also put Darlene. Good old Darlene. Mm-hmm. I guess she was moderately effective because she kind of, again, just added to that sense of woe and ennui that (laughs) Bo is feeling right just this discontent not necessarily actively but I think for Bo she was kind of an antagonist and then Cletus (laughs) good old Cletus who I suspect was trying to manipulate Bo and if he was he was effective of course Bo gets him back (laughs) with the whole flirting with Jennifer yes (laughs) Uh, brothers How did you rate the book? I like the book. I gave it a four. I enjoyed. What about you? I gave it a 4.5. Nice. I had read this book before and I had rated it a five. 
Oh, okay. And this time reading it, I would have rated it a four. And I think the deciding factor for me was the whole thing about the dibs Mm. bro code thing, Ah, which didn't ping my radar the first time I read it. But for some reason, this time really bothered me. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, it didn't really bother me. So I don't know why. But yeah. I, I see what you I mean. don't know why I don't know why it didn't bother me before and it did this time, but there you well, go. Well you're also reading I've, it more critically this time. That's true. <laughs> not not just to enjoy, but also to discuss. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I did I did really enjoy it again. It was fun to read it again and it made me want to reread the whole series, so there you there. go. <laughs> well, did you feel romanced? I did, of course. I think they're so cute. I think they're very well suited. And I like that Shelly is kind of more the bossy, brusque person in the relationship. (laughs) And Bo is more the, no, let's not rock the boat. (laughs) Yeah, I liked that aspect of their dynamic. And they had good chemistry. What about you? Did you feel romance? I didn't. Ah. But I did really enjoy it. You never feel... No, I shouldn't say that. Because you do sometimes. <laughs> I do. I'm sometimes. starting to feel again like you never do. So hopefully we get another good one soon. <laughs> Didn't I recently? I can't remember <laughs> which books we've read. I'm sure there was a couple of them in there. <laughs> what else have you been reading? Well, not reading, but watching recently. It's on Netflix. It's called Inside the Mind of a Cat. And so it just, it gets into like how cats see the world, cat anatomy, physiology, that kind of thing. Yes. I thought you would appreciate. And I must admit, I thought this was the most adorable description of a cat ever. They called them the pouncing predator. Aww. That just makes it sound so cute. Yeah. (laughs) Which they are. They're good little predators. They really are. They've evolved to be quite the little hunters. Yes. Um, And yeah, how we used to... Certain societies kept them around for that exact purpose. Yeah. Because hygiene. Even though they didn't understand germ theory at that point, they knew, hey, when the cats are around and certain rodents or whatever aren't, people don't get as sick. It's amazing. How nice. <laughs> anyway, so what have you been reading or watching <laughs> or listening to or what have you? <laughs> I recently finished... A couple books by Regina Abel. They're called The Mistwalker, and the second one is called The Nightmare. Regina Abel has also written the Prime Mating Agency series, which I freaking love. So she is a go-to author for me. But The Mistwalker takes place in a world where every month for three days, a mysterious fog overtakes the entire planet. And Ah. these demonic creatures emerge from the fog. And if you get stuck outside, you could die or maybe go away to the fog or something. I'm not sure. But it's bad. It's definitely bad. So not a dance party. No. And so our main character had an open window in her house a little too late And the mist started coming in and touched her before she managed to close the window completely. And now Uh she has this mist walker kind of inside her head and like visiting her in her dreams and stuff. And 
she's freaking out about it because she thinks everything is bad. Yeah. But the Mistwalker ends up being like a wish and he has worked his whole existence so that he can be joined with the person who wished him. Oh. And I don't really want to say a whole lot more, but it's really cool. And then the second book is called The Nightmare. So the first book we have a wish. Well, in the second book we have a like an anti-wish. <laughs> so I think I like the second book better though. You definitely have to read the first book, but in the second book, the main character is a woman who her whole life basically every time the mist shows up this particular demon seems to be stalking her like she can recognize Mm. and it freaks her out as a result she becomes a psychotherapist and she Mm. ends up joining this government agency that is working on dealing with the mist as a result of joining this agency she is expected to proposition her nightmare to kind of join a team along with other people who also are being stalked by nightmares. And they're going to essentially have like kind of a suicide squad esque team of nightmares who can fight the really bad nightmares. Oh, that makes sense. That does make sense. And they fall in love, of course, because why wouldn't they? This is, this is a romance. (laughs) It'd be kind of weird if they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's it for this time. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com. I took down our social media links, by the way, because we have not been (laughs) using them. And not only that, I'm not sure exactly how I feel about social media at the moment. Uh, That's fair. Who runs it and why and the changes they make. And I I don't know. (laughs) It's a thing. So in the meantime... Feel free to contact us on our site if you want to. We have our show notes, our other episodes, and our upcoming reads listed on there. And don't forget, you can always subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, or Spotify. don't speak to us of socials. No, they are bad now. However, (laughs) you romanced by Shelly and Bo's story? Let us know what you think on our site or review the episode where, you know, your podcast was where you got it from whatever i'm tired (laughs) and of course join us next time when we discuss enemy lines by alex liddell okay i'm done bye (laughs) oh you're buying now you're still buying i'm buying at the end not at the other end (laughs) you can buy at any end you want to buy at both ends consensually (laughs) <laughs> it's <Okay>. now. <laughs> <laughs>